Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. On a snowy afternoon and evening at Lambeau Field, the Packers offense comes through with 14 fourth quarter points. The defense throws in a pair of turnovers. The Packers emerge with a 17-0 shutout win over the Seattle Seahawks, the first shutout here at Lambeau Field since 2019, going, going, going way back, 2018, shall we, when the Packers beat the Buffalo Bills here at Lambeau in shutout fashion. Welcome in. It's Packers OT. My name is Greg Matzik. Thank you for joining us on the program. We'd love to hear from you at 855-616-1620. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Through November 30th, choose 12 months, no payments and no interest, plus 20% off labor at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Set your free consultation now at Pella WI. Dot com. Lots to get to in this game. We'll get to your thoughts. We'll take your phone calls until 9 o'clock. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, will join us in just a few moments. Joining us on the line right now, part of a defense that pitched a shutout in today's game against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Happy to be joined by Packers linebacker Chris Barnes. Chris, I'm sure it was a very entertaining and upbeat locker room following today's game. You don't get many shutouts in the NFL. Your defense was able to pitch one today. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh it's definitely a good feeling, you know, being a part of a defense that, um, you know, can can do that right now. And uh, I think we're making those steps every week. Um, today was a great one. <laughs> you know, being able to you know be able to pitch a shutout is one of those. It's a good feeling as a defense. Um, it keeps momentum in a in the offense offensive hands. Offense does a great job of you know draining that clock. And um, you know, like I said, I couldn't be more proud to be a part of the defense. It's pretty amazing here, Chris. So you look at uh, the last few weeks here, you've had Patrick Mahomes, you've had Kyler Murray, you've had Russell Wilson. I mean, these are dangerous quarterbacks. And the combined point total is 34 for those three teams. What is it about this defense that is gaining so much confidence? Um, you know, that goes a testament to, you know, Coach Barry and uh, the staff. They're, they're, you know, they're giving us the right look during practice. Um, you know, we continue to play at a high level. Uh, the defense, you know, um, I think we're communicating, and uh, we just have that full, that full trust in each other. Um, you know, we're starting to play off, play off each other very well, uh, front end to the back end, and um, you know, it's showing every it's showing every time we step on that field. Um, you know, guys are all over the place making plays. Um, guys are stepping in, whether we get some injuries on the field, it doesn't matter. You know, everyone's preparing to be a starter, and once you once you step foot on that field and buck up your chin strap, you know, we all we all we all have full faith in whoever's out there, and uh, we play for each other. You know, Chris, from a from an outsider perspective, it, it, it appears to me as if this defense is winning more at the line of scrimmage. It's in sync more with the secondary and the pass rush. I, I, are you seeing that? Is, it, is this a big growth step? Do you believe from one year to the next? Um, I do. I, I don't. I don't want to say one year to the next. I want to say you know, get from game to game. You see it. Um, we're continuing to build. Um, we're continuing to grow off, off our mistakes that we have made, and we clear them up and we keep pushing forward. Um, you know, 
like I said, that, that, that all comes down to us communicating and being comfortable with, with whoever's out there on the field uh, and playing for each other. Um, now the backhand is doing a great job communi- communicating to us and uh, as, as vice versa from the, from, the, from us to the D-line. And it just meshes really well once the play starts. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a great it's a great feeling once you, once you see everything click, um, everyone playing and at a high level, covering everything up, um, you know, being stout in a run game. It's just it's really starting to mesh together. And as a testament to Coach Barry and, yeah, Chris, and the top two as well. Yeah, I think a lot of times when you talk about a first-year coordinated defense, offense, whatever it is, you expect to see some some growing pains and some challenges along the way until things sort of settle in. It really hasn't been much of that, it appears, this year. Why is that, in your opinion? Um, no, I think that goes back to just you know how we practice. Um, you know, Coach Barry he brings that that energy. He, he's brought it since you know he, the first day he stepped on the field with us with us, um, and it's carried over into each one of us that steps on that field. Um, and like I said, we continue to play for each other. Um, you know, we're playing at a high level. We feel comfortable with whoever's out there. Um, it's becoming fun. Um, but you know, it's, it's still it's still time for us when we can lock in. We lock in and we're able to execute, and then we fix. We got to fix. Keep pushing forward. But it's all around effort. It's not just the players. It's the staff. It's everybody. Um, you know, I think it's as long as we keep continue continuing on this path. I think good things will happen. Chris, great job today. Enjoy the rest of the night uh, with your teammates and with the ones you care about the most. And thanks for joining us on the program tonight. Yeah, much appreciated. You guys have a good one too. Yeah, you take care. That's Chris Barnes, Packers linebacker, now joined at the table by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. Uh, just what we all expected, Wayne, a shutout of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks here at Lambeau Field. You know, I, I, you know we should have. Uh, we were all so excited about to have the two quarterbacks back, weren't we? I mean, you yeah. know, Russell Wilson coming off the IR list and Aaron Rodgers coming off the COVID, COVID list, and so we have this great quarterback matchup. And what do we have at halftime? Three nothing. You know, <laughs> and going into the fourth quarter, I thought in the fourth quarter the Packers really took control of the line of scrimmage, led by AJ Dillon. And Larry McCarron has always said something to me um, as an offense. Line. He said a good back can make uh, an offensive line. And, you know, I thought really when you look at it, what they were doing and what uh, A.J. Dillon was doing, he was he provided the physical edge. And then, then that line kind of took over as the night went on in the fourth quarter. But um, great win for the Packers. It really was. It wasn't a pretty fine, you know, uh, win in terms of, of offense and all that stuff that you look for, and you're worried about the injuries, no question about that, but um, hey, just a great win to get a shutout in this league. I don't care who you shut out, Greg. That's a great accomplishment. Yeah, Aaron Jones with a knee injury, Whitney Merciless a bicep, uh, Rashawn Gary had an elbow issue, uh, some of the things that we'll monitor throughout the week. You know, you, you mentioned A.J. Dillon. I, not many people are going to take Bobby Wagner from the three-yard line into the end. Isn't that amazing, right? that run? It's just incredible, right? Yeah. Just the power he has. That's the best middle linebacker in the game today, folks. I watched all the tape on Seattle this past week and so impressed with Bobby Wagner. He's just such a great player. A.J. Dillon took him at the three-year right and dragged him into the end zone. And you don't see that. I had never seen that. And um, so it's the power of A.J. Dillon. The kid has really matured and, uh, you know, 
so nicely as a player in his second year. You know, you talk about, and the coaches and personnel people all tell me, hey, when a guy goes from that rookie year to the second year, the biggest jump he'll make in his whole career is to that second year. Well, this guy has made that big a jump. And, you know, you've got to love it. He's Boston College. He's a New England guy. And he uh, is embraced Wisconsin, loves Door County. Who doesn't love Door County? Come on. <laughs> uh, that's just a great place. And, you know, he's been great. Uh, he He's, hey, you know, I, I don't. I, I certainly hope Aaron Jones does not have a serious injury by any stretch, and, and all that. But if you had to bank your hopes on AJ Dillon, he's not a bad guy to to have to go to. You know what I mean? He's he can carry the mail. He certainly can. He uh, did today, 120 yard, uh, 28 combined yards, and a couple of touchdowns. You know, it, it, we've seen it so many times, Wayne, with Russell Wilson. You just can't give him so many chances. Yeah. Oh gosh. Right. Yeah. And, and it's three nothing at halftime, and then he got a couple of careless plays and a, a bad interception in the end zone, and you're thinking, oh, boy, it's just a matter of time. Before I know. He, and then they get an onside kick or something weird happens. Yep. The Packers never allowed him up for air today. I thought the, the – you know, now there were times where he had a lot of time to throw and he had to manufacture things. But the beauty of the, the defense was when they weren't pressuring the quarterback, they were plastering these receivers. And I had to tell you, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and I said this before the game, after studying them all week, they're the best combo I've seen in the NFL this year, the best two receivers on one team. They had been targeted, Greg, 114 times out of 204 uh, pass uh, targets for Seattle coming into this game. And yet, I thought the Packers did a heck of a job on those two, um, blanketing, you know, as Matt calls it, Matt Lafleur calls it, plaster coverage on those guys. I just thought it was great. And, and there were times when Russell had a lot of time to throw. It's going to happen, okay? And he's going to manufacture even more time. But I thought the coverage downfield was great. I, I this defense, and, and Greg, you know, I'm a defensive guy. I grew up watching the Lombardi Packers as a kid, and, and trust me, I know they had Bart Starr and Jim Taylor and Paul Horning and all these, you know, all. Of Famers on offense, they won on defense. Okay, go back and look at the scores. It was sixteen to thirteen. There were a lot of those games, and they won on defense. And I always hesitate. I, I'm just, I don't want to jinx us, but I think we got a defense here, Greg. Well, <laughs> I think I, we have a defense. You no, know, and this is not a one-off, right? No, I mean, this is consecutive weeks now. Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and, and Russell Wilson. Yeah, a combined thirty-four points. Think about that. It just exactly, and so you know. Gosh, they're playing well. And I, I, I just love it because I think you've got to be a good defense to win in this league. And the last really good defense we had was 2010. And I thought 2014, by the end of the season, second half of the year, the Packers had a very good defense. And, um, you know, we're a Super Bowl caliber team. Um, this team, uh, you know, and again, the injuries, I just hope we get these guys back and all this other stuff, but this is a good defense. They've played so well the last month and a half of the season. Can I steal you for one more? Oh, absolutely. I'm looking yeah, at you know, no you're question. Not, you're not going, I'm going anywhere there. anyway. No, absolutely. <laughs> 17. I'm just waiting, final. hoping Sammy's doesn't close too soon on me. <laughs> good call. We'll make sure you get there <laughs> in time for some Italian beef. 17 uh, nothing. the final. The Packers they improved to 8-2. and two. The best record in the NFC belongs to the Green Bay Packers. We'll be back with more. We'd love to hear from you as well at 855-616-1620. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Our guys, already in mid-season form, Wayne and Larry. This is where you could see some shenanigans on the home of the Packers, WTMJ. Snap to Russell Wilson looking downfield in a tight pocket. He's hitting. He's going to be sacked. 
Sacked on the play by Whitney Merciless, his first Green Bay Packers sack. Back outside the 50, near the 48-yard line of Seattle. Fleet Farm is proud to support Salute to Service. We honor our brave military members and veterans and thank them for their service. Several instances of such today at Lambeau Field with the Packers earning a 17-0 win over the Seattle Seahawks. I'm Greg Matzik, joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. We'd love to hear from you as well at 855-616-1620. I heard the sack there of Russell Wilson. Three sacks of Wilson today, Wayne. Uh, I don't know if preparing against Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes just sort of you know, gets your feet wet for what you're going to see from Russell Wilson. I've seen Russell Wilson do a lot of damage with his legs. Yeah. It, it, is the difference pass rush secondary being plastered? Is it the middle linebacker play that's kind of shadowing these quarterbacks? None of these quarterbacks who are, are tough to bring down have, have really blown up against the Packers. You know, I can't agree with you more, Greg, and, and I think it's a combination of all that you mentioned, but I think really especially the coverage downfield, um, because Russell Wilson can buy time. There was pressure, and a lot of times you saw it today, pressure initially. Okay, so Russell had to maybe move off his spot, which is no big deal for him. For most quarterbacks it is, but not for Russell Wilson. So he moves off his spot and buys some time. And But, you know, I think then... Your coverage has to be good downfield, and that's what I saw a lot of today. And this is all without Jair Alexander, and not sure exactly when he's going to come back. It was good to see Eric Stokes back. I feel like Kevin King's play is being overshadowed a little bit. It is. uh, You know, Douglas is brought in. He's kind of the new shiny toy. Stokes has performed well, but... As a unit, that that group is is doing more than just treading water here, Wayne. Without yeah. Jair Alexander, and if they get Jair back, which is the hope, you know, and let's say you get you know Jair and Zadarius back, and maybe it's December, okay, but you got three or four weeks in December to get these guys up to speed and into the defense going into January. This uh, Packers defense, and hoping that you know um, Rashawn Gary's injury is not a bad one, and that type of thing. This defense could be really good, Greg. When you need defense, defense is about January, and you could have some incredible, you could have some great depth at cornerback. You could have four corners you can stick out there. Um, you could have some really, uh, you know, hey, uh, Adrian Amos clinic in free safety play today, folks. You know, you high school people. Get that fourth quarter, put it on tape, show your team, show your safeties that that's how you play the game in the deep secondary. You know, I think this defense could be really good from a personnel standpoint. Just think if you get Jair back, Eric Stokes, that coverage on, I want to say it was Lockett in the corner of the end zone, uh, third quarter, maybe something like that. Russell Wilson had him open, and, and, and you know, the coverage was outstanding down down the uh, right sidelines, far sidelines must. And I just think these the Packers could have a very deep secondary going into January. They really could. And, um, you know, hey, listen, this is kind of wide open now because you look at what happened to Tampa today in Washington, okay? You look at what happened to the Cardinals, okay? They get beat today. Um no one's head and shoulders above anyone else. And we've got a long way to go, folks, but, um, hey, the Packers are right there. 855-616-1620. If you got a question for Wayne following today's win, 17 nothing. the Packers shut out the Seattle Seahawks. 
What did you think of Aaron's performance today? It, it, rare to see the Packers win a game, especially in shutout form, but without Aaron throwing a touchdown, yeah. they were able to do it today. Coming off the COVID list, what did you think of his performance? Uh, you know, I thought, for, and, and I, I didn't expect a lot because, again, you know, and, and this was interesting, Greg. I don't know if you noticed this this week, but uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, was talking to the reporters, and they were saying, well, what do you think, Nathaniel? He's 10 days off and all this other stuff. And, and Nathaniel Hackett said, well, wait a minute, guys. He's been off since, you know, from a practice standpoint. We haven't had a full practice with him since the Washington game, before the Washington game. Because when you went into the Arizona game, they didn't do full practice. They did more walkthroughs, which is understandable. So here's Aaron Rodgers. And then the next week after that, he's gone. And all of a sudden you're sitting there, whoa, this guy's a couple of weeks away. And so I thought his he looked fine to me in terms of, of his stamina, that kind of thing, which you need to worry about. But I, I thought both he and Russell Wilson, just to me, um, looked like the awareness on the rush and that type of thing early on. Uh, maybe they weren't quite as accurate as they would be. And some of the timing stuff, you know, like the quarterback throwing back shoulder, the receivers looking upfield, you know, those things were missing. Uh, I thought, uh, especially from the Packers and a little bit more from uh, Seattle. But I thought Russell Wilson was a little rusty, and and I thought Aaron, you know, he he and his receivers, you know, yeah, they were they missed the practice. Hey, Greg, as Larry McCarron always says to me, there's a reason we practice. And that's true. You know, there's a reason you do this. And, yeah, sure, Devontae and Aaron have all this time together, but each week you need to continue to hone that. And so that's what they missed, and maybe the two quarterbacks weren't at their best today. Yeah, it seemed like Aaron maybe settled in a little bit more than Russell Wilson ever did, both through kind of a careless interception in the end zone. Uh, We don't see that really from either. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Russell Wilson's finger was bothering him, but he... He missed some throws that he would normally make. It, yeah. it didn't look as tight coming out of his hand. If I, that's just my layman term from the press box, but that was my view. You know, I, I couldn't tell that, um, and I'd have to look at the replay. But, Greg, I go back to when Brett Favre had the thumb injury and how, you know, it was hit or miss with him on throws, you know what I mean, that type of thing. So a, a finger injury, hand injury for a quarterback, that's a big deal. For sure it is. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's grab a phone call here. We've got uh, Sawyer. Checking in from Minnesota. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Sawyer. Hi. Hey, Sawyer, go ahead. Oh. Well, I listened to you guys on the radio today. I thought it was really nice. Well, good, Sawyer. What did you think about the game? I thought it was great. Okay. Good. Yes, we did as well, Sawyer. I'm glad you're able to watch it from Minnesota. The uh, blackout. We're about to Minnesota, Sawyer. Yeah, you guys can run over those Vikings perfectly. Okay. Well, we got about a week to uh, to prepare for the Vikings. So I appreciate you checking in. Glad the uh, blackout restrictions didn't uh, cause you uh, today's game. Uh, Somebody from Missouri tweeted, to, "Why don't we have the Packers Network station on in Missouri?" Well, because it's Chiefs territory, boys and girls. <laughs> it's an NFL rule. We can't. Uh, it was a rare CBS game for those who uh, had yeah. the TV on while they were listening to the radio. Uh, let's uh, grab Bob here on the east side of somewhere. Bob, you're on Packers OT. Hey, guys, fellas, thanks for taking the call. Um, with the uh, layoff, uh, Aaron's, what, 18 days or something like that, um, I thought that the uh, the game plan for him was really great. I thought that the, um, the screen game was the best I've seen this year. 
um, and I wouldn't even call them checkdowns. Just the the just the game planning screens, um, quick passes. Uh, I thought were great. You know, you didn't put him in a position where he had to do a lot of scrambling. Although he did run effectively, but um, I, I really liked the way that the uh, that aspect of uh, of the game was called. Uh, you know, I agree with you, and I think that um, Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett uh, has to get a lot of credit here on these game plans. Um, they've been great. I-, I thought they did a masterful job on, a, on short notice, um, short week out in uh, Arizona. They-, they just did a great job in that ball game. And I thought today, too, I mean, they understood, hey, you got a quarterback here who's been away for a while. Um, we have the downfield stuff, you know. Uh, they tried. I don't know about that. I, they tried a little bit early. Yeah, it seemed like a little they bit. They they could get the top off. But, you know, if we-, we need to get this guy into a rhythm, let's get some easy completions. And the screen game. You know, Greg, the screen game's been very good for for the Packers this year. I go back to the uh, uh, the game in Arizona. They they did a great job of getting that defense going lateral instead of downhill, which is what it likes to do. And I thought that was really well-conceived, and a lot of that was the screen game. And I thought you saw elements of that tonight as well. So, um, you know, it wasn't a big game for the, the big receivers in this game. D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, uh, you know, Adams. Uh, it wasn't a big night for those guys. Um, but um, I, I think that from a strategic standpoint, how you, you know, you've got two quarterbacks here who are just coming back from something, and, you know, you don't ask too much downfield of them, and you, you basically uh, control the clock. Packers did a great job at time of possession in this game, as they did at Arizona. And I thought that was a big key. Yeah, they darn near doubled up uh, Seattle exactly. today. had the ball for nearly 40 minutes, just remarkable in a 17 nothing win. The screen numbers, I'm just looking at this in the uh, second half. Uh, These are your notes. I, I want to yeah, tell you. Yeah, you like that? Tell I do. Like, yes, yeah, I think I'm very impressed. I try to you're not going to. Here. You're not doing pro football focus. <laughs> you know, you're not doing. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got my own little method. You here, do. Yeah. But, uh, Aaron Jones had 47 yards on screens on two plays out of three were 47 yards total on screens. Then AJ Dillon's 50 yarder. So you yeah. had nearly 100 yards on screens in the second half alone. Yeah. To those two players. So th- that was in effect. You saw some to the tight ends as well. Um, ultimately, a, I, I don't want to say a safe game plan, but it was it was certainly connecting at some point. It settled in. I, it, it felt like the Packers should have been up seventeen nothing, maybe at the half uh, of this <laughs> game. It? Wayne, if I'm being honest, it was three nothing, but the dominance was there. Right, the tone. Yeah, was I mean, the, the time of possession was over nineteen minutes in yeah. the first half. Alone. So, you know, yeah. And then you're sitting there with three points, you're saying, oh, gosh. And, and they got Russell Wilson. And we know what Russell Wilson has done to the Packers over the years. So it, it, when the game's hanging in the balance like that, you're sitting there saying, oh, my gosh. <laughs> this could be this could be one-on-one play, you know. And you got the feeling at halftime, I was talking to some reporters here in the press box, and, and we're all saying, I think a touchdown <laughs> either way may win this yeah. thing. You know what I mean? That's the feeling you had. Well, ultimately, it was the Packers uh, emerging with a 17-0 win. pair of touchdowns in the fourth quarter, both by A.J. Dillon, secures the victory. Green Bay now 8-2, and 4-0 at home. Now the Seahawks now 3-6. and six Yeah, that's hard to believe. Because, you know, like, Greg, I think they're a very good team. I think they're much better than that record, but some things have happened. They've lost to some really good teams, too. The only losing team they've lost to is Minnesota. And Minnesota today won at San, uh, won at Los Angeles over the Chargers, so yeah. you know 
That's uh, next it's, week. It is a week-to-week week <laughs> no, no doubt about that. Eight, oh, five, five, it's six, Vikings one, week already, Greg. Yes, it is. Oh, What's my gosh. I don't know if I can take it. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers on first and ten play action. Looking downfield. There's another middle. Got Devontae on the cross. He's to the 30, to the 25, down the right. Hash marks inside the 25 to the 21-yard line of Seattle. Devontae Adams on the biggest catch of the game. Jamal Adams got him down in the deep secondary. 34 yards downfield. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Crush Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Heard the call there early on. Uh, it was Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. And the last time we saw Devontae Adams against the Seattle Seahawks, he exploded for 12 receptions and 160 yards and two touchdowns uh, in a playoff game here at Lambeau Field. So you knew the Seattle Seahawks were not going to let Devontae uh, just blow up. And his numbers, by his own standards, uh, still solid here. Seven receptions, 78 yards. He was a part of the game plan, targeted 11 times. Uh, but it was it, it was the, the screen game that we talked about, Wayne. It was you know a pop fly to Marquez Valdez-Scantling for 41, trying to stretch the field in other ways. You know, it's by and large a pretty clean performance by the Packers' pass attack. One errant and ill-advised throw by Aaron Rodgers that was picked off. Didn't bite him at all, but 292 yards passing for Rodgers, 3 nothing at the half, and we saw the offense, I think, kind of settle in a little bit more in the second half. I'll tell you what, though, that was the most exciting 3 nothing first half I've ever broadcast. <laughs> yeah, it felt like more than that, didn't it? Yeah, it felt like a different you know, score. Yeah, I go back to that first broadcast of my career, Turner's Falls and Lee High School. Uh, it was uh, thirteen to twelve. Well, that was exciting, Greg. <laughs> that was awesome. I was thrilled. Yeah, yeah three <laughs> no. It was a nail biter. Uh, yeah, uh, no. I mean, you know, it was a defensive game today. The quarterbacks were coming back. They weren't quite what they usually would be, and um, that affects the whole game right there. But I thought second half the difference of the game, to my opinion, was the Packers and just not looking at stats or anything like that. Football is a game we we spend too much time on stats because it's really a game you have to see. Um, you know. The Packers got the line of scrimmage. They they took over the line of scrimmage in the second half in that game, and that's how they won. That's really it. And it wasn't the big pass plays and Devontae Adams going 60 yards and that type of thing, or MVS blowing the top off the defense. It was just a hard-fought, you know, uh, in-the-trenches type game. And, Greg, it was very chippy, I thought, throughout. Yeah. Very chippy. You know, I, for, for a non-divisional game, I mean, these two yeah. teams went out like they were in the, the same division. Uh, it, there is a segment of Packers fans who, when you ask, what team do you like to watch lose the most, they will say the Seahawks over the Bears and Vikings. And I think it has a lot to do with starting in 2012, this yeah. this Russell Wilson-Aaron Rodgers crossover where all of a sudden this rivalry became something interesting oh, because of controversial games, crazy endings, playoff games against one another. I, I think I think it has risen. You talk I about agree. non-division matchups. Mm-hmm. As as bitter as it gets, I, I think Packers fans have it in them a little bit. No, I, I can't agree with you more. And, and you know, you go back to two, you know, Russell Wilson, and believe me, we all think he's great. Trust me. Uh, but Russell Wilson's has 35 come from behind wins in the fourth quarter or overtime in his career. The first one was a Monday night in Seattle. The Packers had the game won. Uh, replacement referees blew the entire play in the end zone, and it 
stood up and Seattle won. You know, that was Russell Wilson's first. So that's where it started. Then the the, the legend grew in the NFC Championship game after the 2014 season. But what I'll say about Russell Wilson, especially when I finally understood he, how great he was, was in that um, championship game in Seattle after the 2014 season. And again, we talked earlier, folks, the Packers uh, were, that was a Super Bowl caliber Packers team. They would have gone to the Super Bowl and beaten the Patriots. They'd beaten them earlier in the year. So here we are, and they're beating the Seahawks for like um, 55 of the 60-minute game, beating them to a pulp. And you know, Russell Wilson's got four interceptions. It's the worst year, worst game of his entire life. And, and you know, and I understand people talk about Brandon Bostick muffed the kick and all this other stuff. No, you know, Russell Wilson got up off the mat. And the Packers gave him opportunities. He took those opportunities and scored. And, he, and that, to me, I, showed me. And then he hit Javon Curse in the overtime with the uh, game-winning pass. That, I said, holy God, that's a great quarterback. Because I know nine out of ten quarterbacks in that situation on that day would not have won that game. And he did. So, you know, um, he's been a great quarterback. You know, he's won uh, so many games. And, and you, you just thought, was that game's hanging in the balance? One um, uh, three-nothing ball game thing. Oh my gosh, Russell Wilson is a throw to DK Metcalf away from taking the lead and maybe commanding this game. So that's what it was all about today. And then they denied that, uh, and Russell Wilson did not get it done. And meanwhile, the Packers took over in very uh, pedestrian type fashion with the ground game. And they walked into the end zone and took control of this football game. I thought that was great and, um, you know, showed another side. Now, there will come a time when Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and the receiving core have to carry the load, and that'll be fine. But you know the Packers can win in a knockdown, drag-out type of running game, and you know the Packers can defend uh, the big-time pass play uh, people. And Russell Wilson, uh, you know, you go back to uh, – uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, Kyler Murray, uh, they've done that. Last three weeks they've shown us they can win against those kind of quarterbacks. They're not going to face better than that. They'll face as good, but they're not going to face better. we got the Rams here in two weeks. We've got Kirk Cousins next week. He's been outstanding. Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in the league coming into this game, and the Packers you know, held him to under, what, was it 47 uh Pastor rating, what yeah, was it? Forty, right? And just yeah. and 161 and 50 percent completion. Yeah, like just numbers that you don't typically attribute to Russell Wilson. The Packers had a, a strong hand in it. Yeah, and, and they did. And there will be ups and downs. This is a last dance. There are dips and twists and turns, and we've seen a bunch of, a bunch of them already. But uh, in this last dance, um, you know, this this squad has a chance to be on the floor dancing the last. Green Bay is allowing 11 points per game at home this season. That is the best home mark in the NFL. They were good last year, too, at home. <laughs> you know, yeah. Not so good on the road, but at home. They were good, so that's great. Really boiled down to some catastrophic mistakes and back-to-back NFC Championship games. That's why there's a new coordinator in Green Bay. Yeah. But collectively, this defense has shown an ability to prop up the offense when the offense isn't scoring 30 points can we, a game. Can win a game like tonight. I'm not sure in the past several years we could win a game like tonight. No, pretty impressive stuff. The Packers yeah. have never won a Super Bowl without a top-five defense. Just keep that in the back of your mind. 17 nothing. the final today. Get to your phone calls coming up on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Third down, goal to go. Three-yard line of Seattle for the Packers. Rodgers in the gun, looks left and right. 
Devontae in motion to the right side. Snap to Rodgers. Give to Dillon. Off the right side. Hit by Rodgers. into the end zone for the touchdown. A.J. Dillon just took the best middle linebacker in the NFL into the end zone at Lambeau Field, South End. And the Packers lead it 9-0. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. That means a donation today of $4,000 to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season, again, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Two touchdowns, two Lambeau leaps for A.J. Dillon. 17-0, the Packers earned the victory over the Seattle Seahawks. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. We've got Bill holding in Southern California. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Bill. Yeah, hi, Greg. Uh, thanks again. It's, if uh, Mr. Dagger is still on the line, it's a privilege. And I have two points. One is Thank God they opened up the playbook a little bit and started the screen game. I think that was really key, getting the running backs involved. Uh, and then my second point is, gee, I'm a little concerned about these injuries. Uh, Green Bay's always very cagey about reporting the injuries. I'm not so sure Jones is out indefinitely. And, of course, there's Gary and then um, – their their new linebacker merciless so that's that's about it i appreciate it so much yeah thanks for calling bill so the the injury situation as we understand it whitney merciless has a bicep injury uh rashawn gary an elbow aaron jones a knee in early indications and reports from uh, those who are in the know not from the packers however is that it's a sprained mcl for aaron jones he did walk to the locker room um after the game which i guess is a good sign uh, the bicep injury to Merciless, that that never sounds good to me. It's hard to strain a bicep. I guess he could, uh, but oftentimes when you got a significant bicep injury, it ends up being some sort of tear. You know, the biggest concern is that, you know, you, you're really starting to affect that position group, that outside linebacker position group, where Rashawn Gary has been absolutely outstanding this year. It's been a, a bit of a resurgent year for Preston Smith, again, playing without Zadaria Smith, who is back with the team and in Green Bay. Uh, but really unclear on his timetable to return to the field. And you have to have to try and figure out how effective he might be. He hasn't played since week one uh, against the New Orleans Saints. So that position group has started to, you know, has some, some pelts on the wall, but then some injury concern as well. So uh, they've got a nice rotation of players at that outside linebacker position. That's with a healthy Merciless and Gary, uh, both involved in sacking Russell Wilson this afternoon. So you keep an eye on all three of them. Um, you have to, and they, these are starting to pile up. You are going to get David Bottieri back, which is a good thing. Still holding out hope that Jair Alexander returns. They have performed well in the secondary without him, uh, but, of course, he makes them that much more potent uh, with their defensive secondary. So oftentimes it is, you come to the end of the year, and the healthiest team with the best quarterback ends up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, that That is not a far-fetched thought. And uh, you just hope the Packers can kind of hold the fort here and get healthy at the right time. Uh, as they approach the final few weeks of the season and ultimately the postseason. 
didn't show up today at the Packers' injury. 17-0 the final. Packers' first shutout win since defeating the Buffalo Bills in 2018. Russell Wilson has never been shut out as a starter. He was held scoreless today. 17-0 the final. The Packers improved to 8-2 and with the win. Time to step aside for an update. And as always, it's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Let's start in Pittsburgh, shall we, with the Lions looking for their first win of the season, taking on a Steelers team playing without Ben Roethlisberger, who is on the COVID list. Regulation wasn't enough time to decide this one. Now there was overtime, but the Lions had a chance. Overtime. Field goal try is coming up. The snap is down. That kick by Santosha is low, and it will be no good. Yeah, never really had a shot. Pittsburgh Radio Network with the phone call. 16-16, the final. The game ends in a tie. The Lions are now 0-8-1. DeAndre Swift with 130 yards rushing for Detroit. In the nation's capital, the upset-minded Washington football team taking on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. After a Tampa touchdown, Washington had a third-quarter answer. First and goal at the one. Bates in motion. Handoff Gibson right up the middle. Powers through one tackler. Now a, there's a pile that's pulling over the goal line. Yeah. Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! Yeah, the extra effort counts. The score for Antonio Gibson, one of two on the day. Washington football team radio network on the call. Taylor Heineke outdueled Tom Brady. Heineke, 26 of 32 for 256 yards and a touchdown. Brady, 220 yards, passing two touchdowns and two first-half interceptions. Washington pulls up the 29-19 upset win. In the AFC, the Buffalo Bills were in seek of a rebound win after falling to Jacksonville in Week 9. They earned it against the Jets. Third and 10 from the 12, one by three set. They throw it back to Diggs in the left corner. And this time he holds on to it in the end zone for the touchdown. Big day for Josh Allen. There's the call on the Bills radio network. 366 yards passing and two touchdowns. Bills win in a route, 45-17. to 17. Elsewhere around the league, it was the Cowboys scoring 29 points in the second quarter. In hammering the Atlanta Falcons 43 to 3, 296 yards and two touchdowns passing for Dak Prescott. Entertaining game in Nashville. The Titans hold on 23-21 over in the New Orleans Saints. Saints had a shot to tie it on a two-point conversion with just seconds to go. And that conversion attempt fell short, and Tennessee holds on for the win. The Colts outlast the Jaguars 23-17, 180 yards passing for Carson Wentz, 116 yards rushing for Jonathan Taylor. Patriots all over the Browns, 45-7 to improve to 6-4. and four. Very impressive run here for the New England Patriots, who have won four straight games. Carolina Panthers defeat a Kyler Murray-less Arizona Cardinals team, 34-10. Now the loss for the Cardinals puts them at 8-2 and two in a first-place tie with the Packers. But again, remember the Packers own the tiebreakers, so they in fact have control of the top seed right now in the NFC. Vikings over the Chargers, 27-20. Eagles over the Broncos, 30-13. And on Sunday night football, a game in action as we speak in Las Vegas, the Chiefs and Raiders. There is a score just on the board. Chiefs with a 7-0 lead. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. 27-yard field goal attempt. Snap and placement, and the kick is up. And it is good. And a hearty cheer from the crowd. Yeah, an exclamation cheer from the crowd. Packers take the lead. That was the 
only score the first half. 3-0 at the half, 17-0 at game's end. Packers pull off the shutout win over the Seattle Seahawks. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. And uh, just today, $1,000 donation. So add it to the list here. Getting near $20,000 donated as uh, part of this deal. And it'll all be made to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Thankfully, a missed field goal is not a headline today. Uh, but this is becoming a bit of a concern. I, I don't know what to attribute it to, right? I mean, I have belief that Mason Crosby is still an outstanding field goal kicker. He was 16 of 16 a season ago. He started this season 9 of 9. And if you include the miss today, along with the make, he is 5 for his last 12 kicking field goals. I don't know what the single reason is for that or if there is a single reason for that. Uh, and thankfully it didn't bite the Packers today, but th- this is becoming an issue. Uh, it is an issue right now. The operation whether it's you know the snap, the hold, the placement, the ball position, the kicker, whatever the case, the operation is not working consistently. And that might be fine here on November 14th for a game played at Lambeau Field in which you know the opposition put up very little resistance, but that may not be the case when you're talking about playing a playoff game. Maybe it's on the road. Who knows, right? Your margin for error becomes so much more thin come playoff time typically. You'd love to see this get figured out uh, before season's end because just once a week there is a blemish on special teams that leaves you scratching your head. Uh, and that was it today. Uh, missed field goal by Mason Crosby. He's now five for his last 12. It's peculiar. It's not like Mason Crosby to have this kind of stretch. But, again, I think there's something about the operation that isn't working. It's very clear. Otherwise, the Packers would not have made a change at long snapper that that was part of the operation. But now you've got a new long snapper. You've got a new holder because the punter you had last year who was holding is gone. So everything is just a little jumbled and different here. So you've got to get this thing figured out before too long as you approach the postseason. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Some of the numbers from today's game, a very interesting game because the Packers dominated the line of scrimmage. They dominated time of possession. They dominated yards in that first half. Yet the score was three nothing. The Packers outgained Seattle two hundred one to eighty six, but were just clinging to that three point lead. Time of possession was over twenty minutes. They more than doubled up Seattle. Thankfully, things sort of settled in in the second half. The point production matched the yardage totals, and Green Bay was able to pick up that seventeen nothing win. Russell Wilson has never been shut out as a starter. The Packers have not had a shutout since 2018 in the win over the Buffalo Bills. And combined now, the Cardinals, Seahawks, and Chiefs, last three components for the Packers, the defense has held them to a combined 34 points. Pretty impressive stuff. 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us. We'd love to hear from you on our number two of Packers OT. We're back after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, bump through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. 
14 fourth quarter points and a pair of second half turnovers fueled the Packers 17-0 win over the Seattle Seahawks on a snowy day at Lambeau Field. Beautiful day for football as Green Bay emerges to 8-2 with the victory. Top mark in the NFC belongs to the Green Bay Packers. Arizona Cardinals lost today. They dropped to 8-2. Packers on the tiebreaker and will move on to face the Minnesota Vikings in Week 11. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Through November 30th, choose 12 months, no payments, and no interest, plus 20% off labor at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Set your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 9 o'clock here. Let's take your calls at 855-616-1620. Following today's shutout win, 17 nothing. the final. Very impressive performance by the Packers' defense. The offense doing just enough. A pair of fourth-quarter touchdowns, as I mentioned, and the difference in today's game. Now let's chat with John in Monroe. Thank you for holding, John. You're on Packers OT. Hey, Greg. <clears throat> First-time caller. Uh, I just want uh... to talk about the Packers secondary and how they their injury and um, and uh, the two safeties in the back game, Oakland Savage have really been um, tearing it up out there. The Russell um, Douglas has stepped up and Shannon Sullivan has really improved since last year. You know, and I'm glad you brought up Rasul Douglas's name, John. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for calling in. It's it, it, he has been maybe the single most impressive member of this secondary. Just you got to put it all into consideration here. He was plucked off the practice squad like a month and a half ago, and all of a sudden he's starting because he has to and performing well. He's come up with huge plays. Did so against the Washington Football Team. Uh, had some nice. Moments against the Arizona Cardinals with the interception that sort of sealed the game, did seal the game. But if you take into consideration Jair Alexander's injury, Eric Stokes is a rookie, Kevin King has battled through some injuries and, and been a little up and down, but has played well of late. And I enter Rasul Douglas into the mix. You mentioned Shannon Sullivan. It's working. It's just working. People thought it was going to be just a, a disaster after the loss of Jair Alexander. And, yes, I mean, this team's going to be better with him back. I have no doubt about that, but Eric Stokes has got the kind of makeup speed every quarterback drools over the opportunity to have. You want to have the kind of speed he has. He has been outstanding as a rookie. Douglas is more of a steady veteran, but he was available. He's long, and Kevin King has played well. Uh, Tyreek Hill did not do much against the Packers a week ago. You look at the production from the Arizona Cardinals uh, the week prior to that on a short week. Tepid at best. It was the highest scoring offense in the NFL going into that game. And then to pitch a shutout against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson. I know Wilson's coming back off injury, uh, but those are still some pretty good weapons. Uh, It's really been remarkable. And I think the pass rush deserves some credit as well because this is sort of all in sync. And there were times where the pass rush didn't get home today. Wilson had time. There was just nowhere to go. Right, so he saw a one-on-one situation, gave his guy a shot, and the pass was ultimately broken, uh, broken up, or it uh, you know, sailed out of bounds or whatever. So, getting the job done. The Packers are no longer getting beat in the areas that historically they would get beat. Right, over the middle, tight ends, the you know, crossing routes. Man, just it would murder against the Packers defense. I just don't find that to be the case this year. And the inside linebacker play has something to do with it as well. So. It, it, it's all working together better than it has in a number of years. And that is a true credit to the players and 
first-year coordinator Joe Barry. It's impressive to watch. It's no longer a one-off sort of thing. right? It's three consecutive weeks where you look at the defense and say, yep, they played well enough to win. And in two or three of those situations, they have earned the win. 855-616-1620. Tyler is next up in Watertown. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Tyler. Hi, good to talk to you, Greg. First-time caller, long-time listener. i got to make you do a great job. Hey, thank you, Todd. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, I want to know, out of all the excursions out there, they, they can do the DK Metcalf, get that one called. I want, I'm want. i going to hang up and listen to your opinion on that one. Uh, DK Metcalf was asked about the whole deal after the game. Um, what happened, what prompted him to grab people's face masks and start walking him around. Um, I must tell you that I am not shocked to see that kind of behavior from a Pete Carroll-led team that was getting its butt kicked. That's pretty typical for a Pete Carroll coach team. Uh, Metcalf said simply after the game that he is sick of losing, that he is sick of losing. Um, We've got another call here that's kind of tied to this. I'm going to bring in Jim from Illinois. Jim, uh, you had some thoughts on the skirmish as well at the end of the game. Yes, I do, Greg. Uh, you know, Metcalf was ejected. I want to know, you know, why was he allowed to remain on the sideline, and why wasn't there a penalty when he re-entered the game? I, I, I thought there would have been a flag on that for unsportsmanlike conduct. So, uh, Jim, really interesting point. So here is my view of it. So if if you watch that, that whole thing kind of boiled down, DK Metcalf was grabbing face masks and pulling them around and whatever, just kind of doing his thing. But there were two penalties on Seattle, right? There was, uh, I, I think there was a, a, two unsportsmanlike conduct calls, one on Metcalf and one on an offensive lineman. And it was offset with a penalty on the Packers, fine, whatever. But Metcalf was clearly ejected. I don't know if they—I don't know if he's heard that announcement on the TV broadcast uh, or if it came through on the radio broadcast. But I could hear it here, being at Lambeau Field. The official very clearly booted DK Metcalf from the game. But I'm watching the field, and I saw the offensive lineman, number 73. He was the one walking toward the tunnel. So there was, in my opinion, there was confusion on the sidelines as to who got the boot, and the wrong guy went up the tunnel. So there's Metcalf standing on the sidelines thinking that he's still eligible to play. He came running on the field to replace a, a, a wide receiver in the formation. And an official quickly spotted Metcalf and said, no, get out of here. Like, shoot him off the field. So there was no penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. To me, this was just sort of confusion. Or Pete Carroll being Pete Carroll and just bending the rules a little bit. Oh, playing dumb. I didn't know what happened. I don't know who got kicked out. Right? That wouldn't be beyond Pete Carroll to do either. Uh, that was my view of it. Because I had wondered, I was like, why is the offensive lineman going up the tunnel if DK Metcalf's the one who got kicked out? So I, the officials, the NFL, will review this, I'm sure, and try and figure out what happened. Uh, there could be a fine. I don't think there would be a suspension or anything like that. Uh, but I was as confused as everyone else. Like, what is he doing on the sidelines? Why is he coming into the game? Uh, but I saw number 73 walking up the tunnel. I think there was ultimately some confusion as to who exactly got kicked out of that situation. Not surprising. We've seen that movie before from the Seattle Seahawks. When they get beat, they get chippy. And it's not the kind of chippy that you say, wow, they were physical, they won the battle here, there. Nope, it's, it's cheap garbage like that. That's what I expect out of the Seattle Seahawks. Ken joins us next from Appleton. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Ken. Yeah, hi. Um... 
Yeah, I just want to comment about Wayne's uh, characterization of Russell Wilson being great back back when he first started. He wasn't great. He was extremely lucky. You know, it, it was almost like he played with a with a uh, horseshoe in the back of his, uh, in the back pocket of his uniform. I mean, that first game, the fail Mary game. You know, I, I didn't. You know, I, I hated the call. The call was totally wrong, obviously. But I, I wouldn't have minded so much if somebody from the from the Seahawks had just owned it. You know, if if had you know maybe smiled Riley and said, "Yeah, we might have stolen one from the Packers tonight," or if Russell Wilson was like, "Well, you know, they called it a catch and it was a catch," you know. But you know, and then Wayne said that he was great in the NFC Championship game, and he wasn't. You know, that pass that he that he uh, that, that eventually won the game for him, you know, he totally was off balance, wasn't, you know, didn't know where the where in the world he was throwing it. And if, uh, if Aha Clinton Dick had been in position, that would have been an interception, and the game was over. And him saying, well, Brandon Bostic didn't lose that game. You know, Brandon Bostic didn't lose that game for it. You could see Jordy Nelson after the play looking at Brandon Bostic saying, do your job. That was Jordy the ball to get. Brandon was supposed to block. And, yeah, Ken, no, no need to uh, rehash a painful memory here. It's uh, more about today's win than anything else. I, I think the points on Russell Wilson are this. Dude never gives up. And when you're clinging to a 3 nothing lead at the half after thoroughly dominating the first half in terms of yards gain and time of possession, you, you grow a little concerned, right? You look across the sidelines and you see Russell Wilson. That dude does not give up. Today, I thought he was terrible. I thought Russell Wilson played an awful game at Lambeau Field. He was 20 of 40 for 161 yards, a couple of interceptions, I, just an absolutely abysmal decision to throw into double coverage on a deep ball. His deep balls, which typically do look like punts, None of them got home today. Each were well covered by the Packers' defense. Uh, they made it difficult on Russell Wilson, but I thought he was off the mark. Look, he's been out a few weeks. He had the finger injury. Not as easy just to, like, hop back into a situation on the road, in the snow at Lambeau Field, and defeat a quality opponent. But I thought he was terrible today. I'd be surprised if he was this bad moving forward, but Russell Wilson played an awful football game today. 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us. 855-616-1620. Aaron Rodgers, his counterpart, also I felt a little rusty early on. He, he led Devontae Adams into traffic that uh, afforded Adams a shot in the head, and he was ultimately out of the game for a couple of plays. They missed on some deep opportunities in this game. It felt like they were trying to you know push the defense a little bit, take the top off the defense, and ultimately the passing game sort of settled into this you know, intermediate screen game kind of offense, which really worked well. Guys were open and in space, and ultimately Rodgers ended up with 292 yards passing. Did not have a touchdown. He also had a careless interception in the end zone. Thankfully, the Packers' defense responded with a three and out and was ultimately able to get into the end zone twice in the fourth quarter. So 17 nothing. the final. Uh, outstanding day for the defense. Solid day for the offense, but an outstanding day for the defense in today's 17 nothing win. What else is going on around the league? A very busy week, as you might expect. All sorts of strange things happening in the NFL. Well, what do you expect? It's 
the NFL. Time to take a look around the league, and it is brought to you by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Interesting game in Minneapolis between the Vikings and Chargers. It was a big day for one of the Vikings' offensive stars. Handoff, Galvin, he runs that way. Hit at the point of attack, reaches for the goal strike. Touchdown! Galvin Cook! And the Minnesota Vikings have a 26-17 lead. Yeah, pretty solid performance by the Vikings overall. Vikings Radio Network with the call. Just under 100 yards for Cook on the day. In fact, this game was played in Los Angeles, so it's a road win for the Vikings. 27-20 the final. 94 yards and a touchdown for Cook. 143 yards receiving on nine receptions for the second-year wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. Packers will see the Vikings one week from today. In Carolina, former franchise quarterback Cam Newton active in his first game back with the team that drafted him. Well, Newton didn't start, but he did make the most of his opportunities. McCaffrey swings out of the backfield, wide to the right. Newton's going to run right in the grass, breaks a tackle. McCaffrey, (laughs) Newton, everybody celebrating, touchdown right side. Mick Mixon with the call, Carolina Panthers radio network. Newton accounted for just 22 yards on the day of offense, but he produced two touchdowns. Panthers roll the Arizona Cardinals, who played without starting quarterback Kyler Murray, 34-10, the uh, the final in Charlotte. In Philadelphia, the Eagles jumped out to an early lead over the Denver Broncos. Hurts lines them up again. He's at the 35. He fakes. He rolls. He looks. He is going deep, and it is caught, and it is a touchdown to Vontae Smith. He took it. He took it away from the Broncos. 36-yard pass. WIP Eagles Radio Network with the call. One of two touchdowns on the afternoon for the rookie, Devontae Smith. Not a lot of drama in this one. The Eagles cruise to a 30-13 home win. Elsewhere around the league, it was the Cowboys all over the Atlanta Falcons. 43-3 the final. The Falcons at the first three points of the game. Dallas scored 43 unanswered. Titans outlast the Saints 23-21. No Derrick Henry for Tennessee. Julio Jones placed on IR. Still, Tennessee picks up the win and improves to 8-2. Colts outlast the Jaguars 23-17. It was the Patriots dismissing the Browns with ease 45-7. New England now 6-4 on the season. The Bills outlast the Jets 45-17 the final 21 third-quarter points fuels the win. Josh Allen, 366 yards passing and two scores. Our first tie of the season comes in Pittsburgh with the Lions and Steelers. Finishing things with a 16-all score, 130 yards rushing for DeAndre Swift. It was Washington upsetting Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, 29-19. And on the Sunday night football, the game in action, they are nearing the half. The Chiefs on a 10-7 lead over the Raiders. Here at Lambeau Field, 17-0. The Packers earn the win. We'll come back with more of your thoughts on the other side. We'll dip into the locker room as well. Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Wilson to the shotgun. Collins to his right. Three receivers on the left. Snap to Wilson off play action. Deep drop, plenty of time. Rainbows deep down the middle in the end zone. It's intercepted. Intercepted by Adrian Amos. What a spectacular play by Amos. 
Today's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big on a new Toyota. Hurry in today. Visit toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places. Adrian Amos intercepting Russell Wilson in the end zone in the fourth quarter. That was the turning point of the game today. It ultimately led to a Packers touchdown in which they were able to take a 17-0 lead, putting this game away. A couple interceptions for the Packers' defense today and a 17-0 win. I'm tardy on this. Let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves. It's 10 for an ID on the Packers radio network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Football can be a real pain. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin can fix that pain fast. There is a difference. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's head back to the phones. It's Mark in Washington, D.C. Thanks for holding, Mark. You're on Packers OT. I am absolutely astounded by the performances of this Packers defense. And... Excuse me, you touched on the secondary, but one of the things that uh, is just remarkable to me is how disciplined this defense is. I mean, they're rushing for every time, and it seems like these guys are keeping their lanes. And Packer defenses in years past, there would be guys wide open, five, ten yards. I can't remember one time when a defensive back was out of position. I got to say, when they hired Joe Barry, in light of his dismal uh, <laughs> record or stats with the Lions and Redskins, I thought, what the heck? But I'm wondering uh, now, it's making a believer out of me, especially after, you know, really shutting down some three quality quarterbacks in a row. Is, is he just an excellent teacher of fundamentals or what? Because th- you can't just credit this to one or two players. As a matter of fact, some of their best players are out. What is it? Who is teaching this defense to play so disciplined? Yeah, it, you bring up some interesting points, Mark, because if you look at the, the folks available, it's it's not that much different than it was a year ago, right? There's a lot of the similar names uh, on this year's defense as there was last year as coordinated by Mike Pettin. In fact, you don't have Zadarius Smith, but Rashawn Gary has stepped into that role. I think he's been outstanding all season long. Hopefully that elbow injury isn't too significant. Uh, and if you get Smith back, right, that's, that's certainly a welcome addition. And then you lose Jair Alexander, and you think, oh, boy, that's just it's the guy you cannot afford to lose because you've got a rookie in Eric Stokes, and that's sort of trial by fire, and Kevin King comes back, and can he stay healthy? And there's there's just more questions than answers. And there have been more answers than questions uh, with this defense. The secondary has stood tall. The pass rush is in sync. Rookies like T.J. Slayton are into the mix. Jonathan Garfin, wait, who? Yeah, he's a, a late-round draft pick out of Miami a couple of years ago. He's part of that rotation at the outside linebacker role. And I do think they've made a significant upgrade at inside linebacker with Devondre Campbell. So he has played the role here, I, I, I want to say twice in the last three weeks, of sort of just making sure the quarterback doesn't run wild. And that was specifically with Kyler Murray. And I saw it again today with Russell Wilson. But it it fuels your point here about discipline in that there was always something that the Packers' defense was vulnerable to, a running quarterback, crossing routes, right? There was always something, run defense. In years past, it felt like the defense was built in a manner for front running. In other words, good luck stopping Aaron Rodgers in the offense. 
They're going to build a lead. If you want to get back in this game, you're going to have to pass the ball in the second half, and that's where this Packers defense will take over a game, and their ability to get to the quarterback will truly be brought to the forefront. Well, now it's a little different. Now it is not so dependent on front-running. Now the defense is propping up the offense when the offense is having a quiet day. So it, it's, it's been impressive. And if you consider it's year one of a, a new defense, I think it's it's all the more reason to look at this and, and raise your eyebrows and say, yes, that's that's incredible stuff. I mean, here we are going into week 11 of the season, and the Packers are allowing 11 points per game at home. 11. That is wild. That is incredible. I get it. It's Washington. It's Pittsburgh. It's Detroit. Uh, it's Seattle, who is scuffling and might be the third-best team in their own division. But that's still impressive. If you're around the 20 mark, I think overall, points per game allowed, if you're around 20 with an offense built by Matt LaFleur, quarterback by Aaron Rodgers, that's a win. I mean, that that is an absolute win. You feel good about that going into every game. So right now there's a lot of confidence on this defensive side of the football. There is no question about that. Cool to watch. Definitely a lot of fun to watch. Let's grab Barry in California. He's next on Packers OT. Hi, Barry. Hi, Greg. Thank you so much for taking my call. You know, first and foremost, I'm extremely happy just looking at our record. We're eight and two. Uh, we play the Vikes on the road next week, and then right before the bye, I think one of the key tests for us is going to be the Rams, especially with the addition of Odell Beckham. Um, I was going to ask you, um, in terms of maybe your opinion, uh, what you think of some of the front office uh, decisions as of late. We brought in some street free agents uh, and some other key players, Preston Smith, Darius, Devontre, Campbell, Adrian Amos from the Bears, of course, Marcellus, recently uh, from the Texans. But some of the other big names, for whatever reason, we always seem to be in the mix, the running, the mention, uh, maybe having a beat on them, whether it be Khalil Mack, Julio Jones, recently Odell Beckham. Um, I was wondering what you feel about how the front office is constructed the team and maybe why you think maybe some of these other people who you think would be a natural fit in Green Bay for whatever reason do not make it to Green Bay. Um, I'll take your comments off the air, and I thank you so much for taking my call. Take care. Bye. Yeah, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think you're going to get everybody, right? I don't think you're going to get everybody that you put a feeler out for. Uh, and in the case of, of the Rams getting Odell Beckham Jr., look, I, that that could end up being a four-and-a-quarter-million-dollar payout for him by the end of the season. The Packers did not offer him that much. There's a lot of incentives tied to his contract. Um, but also understand this, Odell Beckham Jr. was not going to play beyond this season in Green Bay, and he's got an opportunity to latch on at the Rams and get a multi-year deal in place before the end of the season. So I, I think he's looking ahead and, and making one stop instead of two. I also look outside and I see an inch and a half of snow on the ground here in Green Bay, and it's just not the case in Los Angeles. It's just, just not. Um, and that became interesting now with uh, an injury to Robert Woods, who is a very talented receiver for the Rams, who is out for the rest of the year with an injury suffered in practice. So uh, timing is right on the Rams' behalf. Jalen Smith, he was brought in. That was exciting. The former Pro Bowl player didn't work out, so they let him go. Meanwhile, Chris Barnes has emerged. He's kind of a thumper. He's a run stuffer. He's been a good player. Devondre Campbell has been maybe the pickup of the year in the NFL on defense. He's been that impactful for the Green Bay Packers. You're not going to get everybody that you put a feeler out for. But the folks who have been brought in and then given it on a shot, if they haven't worked out, okay, you gave it a shot. But more often than not, of late, those moves have worked out. 
And it doesn't have to be a marquee name. It doesn't have to be a guy whose jersey is sold in the pro shop. I don't know how many people had a Rasul Douglas jersey on their Christmas list, but he has certainly been an impactful player, and he was picked off the practice squad. So uh, talent comes in all different shapes, sizes, and resumes. That is for sure. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Still got an open line for you. Uh, Want to hear from Eric Stokes on the other side, the Packers rookie cornerback, targeted four times today, did not allow a reception. Uh, just a, another another a strong line of games here for the Packers rookie, who did not play last week against Kansas City because of a knee injury suffered during pregame warm-ups. Thankfully, that was not a big deal. Back on the field today and performing very well in the Packers' 17 nothing win. Join us on the other side, why don't you? We'll continue after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers gets motion from Adams to the left. Rodgers handoff, Dylan powering to the goal line. To the end zone for yes. the dagger. Yes! Touchdown! A.J. Dillon in fitting fashion. Pile drives to the defining moment. 16 to nothing, Green Bay. Well, win or lose, a fresh haircut is always a great way to boost your mood, but it's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. Very easy. Easy in, easy out, easy great. A.J. Dillon, our Great Clips player of the game today. He stepped in when Aaron Jones went out of the game, but even prior to that, Dillon had his mark on today's victory. 21 carries, 66 yards, very modest in terms of yards per carry, but his touchdowns were brute force, making contact with defenders at the three on one occasion, just dragging them into the end zone. He also helped flip the field that ultimately put the game away on a screen pass that went for 50 yards. So 128 yards of total offense and a pair of scores for A.J. Dillon in a 17-0 win. Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Also impressive today, rookie cornerback Eric Stokes. Four times he was threatened, and on no occasion did he give up a reception. That's right. Four balls thrown his way, zeros across the board. Eric Stokes standing by with Larry McCarron in his locker room report. Eric, let me read you some numbers. Russell Wilson, his quarterback rating was 39.7. D.K. Metcalf, you know, the the big guy, three catches, 26 yards. Tyler Lockett, the little guy who's real quick and real productive, two catches, 23 yards. Talk about the job, you guys, especially in the secondary, but overall defensively, the job you guys did against the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, man, first of all, I start off with Joe Barry. We came up with a great game, pretty much a great game plan. And, uh, of course, OG just telling us all the little nits and little kinks here and there and all that stuff. And then we just going out there on Sunday just executing it. So, like, on the back end, like, Smash had five, we could say five opportunities where he really could have pits. But then we just going on the back end just having fun, just playing, like, we just playing as together. How about shutting out Russell Wilson? I mean, he has never been shut out in his professional career before, and you guys did it. Wow, that's got to be quite the feather in the hat, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's hands down. It's a great feeling just going out there, just playing a great defense, just playing a total game, just not trying to give up a point. And overall, it was just a great day. Eric, your growth as a rookie, you can see it 
from week to week. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I'm feeling great. Just like continue to just learn from any any every pretty much mistake that I'm making, and just continue to grow from it. So I still got Josh, I still got Kel, I still got Sewell. I, I got so many like vet corners that's just telling me the things and all that stuff, and it just helping me grow even more day by day, week by week. Of course, this is your first year. How do you like playing pro football for a living? Oh, man, I love it. Like, hey, man, I wake up every morning smiling. Like, today was my first snow game. Well, I'm counting as a snow. Like, you know, the people in the locker room, technically, they ain't counting as snow because they said it wasn't enough snow on the ground. But me, I'm counting as snow because snow is falling. So I'm counting as a snow game. So it was, it's just a great feeling. <laughs> Packers rookie cornerback Eric Stokes. Yeah, the snow was falling. didn't really stick, but uh, we've seen – We've seen worse or better, however you want to put it, here at Lambeau Field. Let's uh, go back to the phone, shall we? We've got Charlie, who was at the game today. Charlie, you're on Packers OT. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, do you think that Josiah DeGuara is going to take the starting role from Robert Tanyan as the tight end? Uh, well, yes, he's moved into that role. Remember, Tanya got injured and is done for the season. But, you know, the, the interesting thing about DeGuara is that he was drafted out of the third round in Cincinnati to be kind of a, an H-back motion guy. They'd use him in place of a fullback, but then he'd leak out and get a pass or two. That was his role early on. Remember, he got early snaps as a rookie before suffering that torn ACL, and that's what allowed Robert Tunyon to sort of take flight and become a little more of a downfield threat. So here's the big difference. I, I think Tunyon's a little bit more field-stretching, of a tight end than DeGuara is. I think DeGuara is probably a better blocker than Tunyon is, so they're a little different. Um, but we saw him involved in the passing game a little bit today, two receptions for nine yards, kind of a quiet day for the tight ends overall. Mercedes Lewis had two receptions for ten yards. Um, so you're going to continue to see tight ends schemed open. Tunyon was a guy who you could trust to win a one-on-one matchup. I, I don't know if DeGuara is that guy. I really don't know. We just haven't seen enough of him. But they are different, and then they are different players. So he's you know, pressed into getting more snaps because of the situation. Um, in fact, you saw Tyler Davis on the field today, number 84, catch a pass um, his first of the season. So they'll use tight ends, no doubt about that. They are missing Tunyon, though. They, they definitely miss Robert Tunyon. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll come back in just a moment here on the Packers Radio Network. Whatever it takes to play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Here's the snap. Wilson takes, steps, waits, looking under pressure, scrambles left, throws left side of the end zone, intercepted in the end zone by the Packers. Intercepted Kevin King. Early on the field was an interception by Green Bay. Touchback. First down. So whatever it takes, play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling, doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Kevin King's end zone interception of Russell Wilson. Uh, that was the whatever it takes play of the game presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Could have gone in a number of directions with that, to be perfectly honest. Uh, A.J. Dillon was outstanding today. In fact, he had maybe three of the best plays of the day on offense, if you consider his 50-yard screen pass. Uh, where he barreled through defenders, tightrope the sidelines, and flipping the field. His touchdown run, the first of which came after plowing into Bobby Wagner at the three-yard line and just taking him into the end zone, 
the three was the line of scrimmage, so this was not a full head of steam from A.J. Dillon getting into the end zone of that play, and then a one-yard touchdown plunge to put the game away. Pretty impressive stuff all the way around here. Packers shut out the Seahawks 17-0. Let's uh, chat with Jackson in Ripon on Packers OT. Hi, Jackson. Hey, Wayne. Let me just uh, start out by saying you're like the stepfather I never had. And uh, I want to say, you know, Devontae had a light 78 yards today, and he's a guy that does well in the slot. And I'm just wondering why the Packers have completely uh, abandoned that quick slant offense that they used to run with the far later years. Thanks again. Go Pack Go, and I love you. And uh, as a member of the LGBT community, I'm I'm glad to be, uh, you know, a fan. All right, Jackson, this is Greg, not Wayne. We appreciate your call nonetheless. Uh, I, I, I don't know what you're saying about Adams. I'm, I'm, I'm missing your point here. Uh, he was targeted 11 times, 78 yards, didn't find the end zone. Yes, last week against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs with Jordan Love at quarterback, he was targeted 14 times uh, as they were trying to get on the same page sort of midstream in that game after a, a crazy week. Uh, before that, here at Lambeau Field, seven receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, he's he's been a monster. He's been a monster. Mike in Lombard, Illinois, joins us next on Packers OT. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Great show again. Uh, just Wayne, just kidding. Uh, Mike, I lost you there. You're a little bit off mic, but I'll uh, relay what your comment that our screener has put into my little box window here. You are concerned with the receivers outside of Devontae Adams. I get it. I understand why. It's... It's the loss of Robert Tunyon that complicates things, right? It's another downfield threat that's off the field. Now, he did get MVS back. We saw him go for 41. Um, and he's, he's a little more than a one-trick pony. I think he's, he's a little more polished. But it's been quiet since he's come back. Uh, granted, his first game back in action was with Jordan Love at quarterback. So he didn't expect much there. It wasn't going to be a lot of deep balls against that blitz. Happy defense. Uh, today, MVS involved in the passing game early, but it was an early catch, and that was about it. Uh, so it, it, Matt LaFleur has his work cut out for him. He really does because teams will try and do things to take away Devontae Adams. When they do, and if they are successful at doing so, where do you go? How do you do it? Where do you find your consistent threat? And, and, and I think that's why I was so interested in the idea of Odell Beckham Jr. I, I just thought it was a legitimate threat that would give a defense pause. Okay, now we got to figure out this guy. Now we got to figure out how to take away a two-time all-pro receiver along with Devontae Adams. So it just it just makes the defense work a little bit more. And without OBJ, and, and it's fine, this Packers offense is still, uh, I think, polished and in good shape. Been a little quiet the last couple of weeks, and we understand why against Kansas City. But today, uh, I felt like the yardage total, it, it reflected a point total that is a little bit off. Right, I mean, you're looking at 24, 28 points maybe, just given the yardage and the time of possession, the way they controlled things on the offensive side of the ball. I was just sort of a quiet day from a point production perspective. You're going to have that once in a while. Thankfully, the defense now props the offense up in those occasions. But uh, finding a consistent threat if Adams is taken away. Happens in November. All right, you adjust happens in the playoffs you may not have time to adjust and and that'll be i think a key here for the packers is finding that sense of 
of rhythm and timing with others on offense aside of that incredible connection between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. The more you can put on tape, the more defense has to worry about. Certainly the better life is, typically, in theory anyway, on offense. Today it was the Packers offense getting two fourth-quarter scores and the defense pitching a shutout in earning a 17-0 win. Busy day across the league. We'll get our final instant replay update for you before we get out of Dodge. We've got an update brought to you by our friends at Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. The Lions were oh so close to picking up win number one of the regular season. A game in Pittsburgh that went to overtime. The Lions could have won it on this play. Overtime field goal try is coming up. The snap is down. That kick by Santosa is low and it will be no good. Yeah, it was never really had a shot. Steelers Radio Network with the call. Game ends in a 16-16 tie. Lions now 0-8-1. DeAndre Swift with 130 yards rushing for Detroit. In the nation's capital, the upset-minded Washington football team taking on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. After a Tampa touchdown, Washington had a third-quarter answer. First and goal at the one. Bates in motion. Handoff Gibson right up the middle. Powers through one tackler. Now a, there's a pile. There's pile over the goal line. Yeah. Touchdown. Ooh. Touchdown, Washington. Washington at Football Network Radio with the call. It was one of two touch day, touchdowns on the day, I should say, for Gibson. Taylor Heineke with a good day. 26 of 32 passing, 256 yards and a touchdown, two touchdowns and two interceptions for Tom Brady. Washington pulls off the win, 29-19 the final. In the AFC, it was the Bills all over the Jets. A quick rebound from that Week 9 loss to Jacksonville. Third and chance from the 12, one by three set. They throw it back to Diggs in the left corner. And this time he holds on to it in the end zone for the touchdown. Yeah, one of many touchdowns on the day for Buffalo. Bills Radio Network with the call, 45-17. to The Bills with 21 third-quarter points in a rout over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Elsewhere around the league, game in action, Sunday night football at the half. It's the Chiefs with a 17-7 lead over the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes just shy of 200 yards passing. He already has two touchdowns on the evening. Cowboys rolled the Falcons to improve to 7-2. Dallas 43, Atlanta 3. The Titans improved to 8-2 with a 23-21 win over the New Orleans Saints. Colts over the Jaguars, 23-17, 116 yards rushing and a score for Jonathan Taylor. Patriots, no problem in dismissing the Cleveland Browns, 45-7. The final rookie running back, Ramondre Stevenson, 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns on the day. Panthers over the Cardinals, 34-10, so Arizona falls to 8-2. They fall into a tie with the Packers for the top spot in the NFC, but keep in mind the Packers own the tiebreaker. Both teams now 8-2. The Packers' next opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, pick up a 27-20 win over the Chargers. Nice road win for Minnesota. Eagles win on the home field over Denver, 30-13. And Monday Night Football features the Rams and 49ers from the Bay Area. We'll wrap up Packers OT after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Second and six, snap to Rodgers, looking downfield, swings it out left side. Got Dylan, makes the catch, running downhill, left sideline. He's to the 40, 45, 50, stays in play, still on his feet to the 40, to the 35, 30, and tumble down. 
Inside the Seattle 30 yard line of the 26. The big fella tight roping the sidelines in front of Pete Carroll on the Seattle bench. Bobby Wagner finally tracked him down. 128 total yards for A.J. Dillon. Uh, it was kind of a quiet day for Aaron Jones. Then he left the game with an injury. Quiet day running the football. Had a nice day receiving the ball. A pair of screens that went for nearly 50 yards for Aaron Jones. Uh, the initial reports on Jones is that he's got a sprained MCL. He's done this a couple of times in his career. Cost him a couple of games in 2017. Um We'll see. I mean, he avoided surgery in each one of those occasions, so it doesn't appear to be a season-threatening injury to Aaron Jones, but something that would likely cost him a, a little bit of time here. Keep in mind the Packers do have their bye week coming up uh, before the end of the season, so uh, another chance for some guys to, to work their way back into the lineup and work through some of their injury situations. That includes David Bakhtiari, who we hope to see on the field here in the next couple of weeks. Without Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins has been unbelievable on the left side of the offensive line. He's standing by with Larry McCarron in our final locker room report. Elton, I thought the coolest part in the whole game was those two long drives in the fourth quarter, and you guys just took over the line of scrimmage. What say you? Man, we just said, you know, we got to go out there and score, put the ball in the end zone. We had a a lot of long drives um, the first half, but we didn't finish, so, you know, we just made up our mindset. We got to put the ball in the end zone. Elton. Playing left tackle, as you've been doing for a while now, David Bakhtiari, kind of on the cusp of coming back, but not quite back. How's the whole situation? Is that difficult to deal with? Is there any uncertainty at all? Uh, no, not really. You know, um, player of, of David level, you know, we want him out there on the field. So, you know, the quicker we can get him back, you know, the better for our offense. So um, each, each each and every week, you know, we're just waiting on him um, to to get better, get healthy, and more confident to get out there. What was it like having Aaron Rodgers back tonight? Man, it was great. Um, you could tell the poise, just the offense, um, you know, him throwing the ball around. I think he went through for like 250 or whatever, so it was great, man. It was, it was real fun. Elton, are you guys on the offensive side of the ball kind of enjoying what's going on defensively? I mean, they just shut out. Russell freaking Wilson for the first time in his career. Yeah. Are you guys enjoying that? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. You know, the last past two years, we've been putting up, what, 30 points, and our defense was giving up points. But, you know, this year, the offense, we're not putting up 30, but our defense is holding people to zero, as you can see. So, man, they're doing a phenomenal job. Cole Berry, all those guys flying around, playing good good football right now. We're going to need that um, in, in the end half of the season. Selton Jenkins, Packers starting left tackle. He is starting in place of David Bakhtiari. And according to Pro Football Focus, if you pay attention to such things, Jenkins checks out as the third highest graded left tackle in the NFL. Pretty impressive stuff. And one of the great picks out of the draft by Brian Gutekunst as Packers general manager. Coming up next for the Milwaukee, excuse me, the uh, Green Bay Packers, it's a trip to Minneapolis to face the Vikings, who uh, earned an impressive win on the road against the Chargers this afternoon. It's a noon kickoff. We'll have our Packers game day programming beginning at 10 o'clock statewide here on the Packers radio network. Following that, post-Thanksgiving, the Rams visit Green Bay in what could be a playoff preview. In fact, it is a uh, playoff rematch from a year ago. 17-0 the final. The Packers improved to 8-2 with a 17-0 win over the Seattle Seahawks. A shutout win here on a snowy sincere day at Lambeau Field. Nice to see the winter weather crisp up a little bit. 
as the Packers take the field for the final couple months of this regular season. For Greg Hill and Ashton Rotman, Evan Wittellison, our producers, we thank you for being a part of our program each and every night. We will talk to you once again following the Packers-Vikings up a week from today on the Packers Radio Network.